You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Welcome back to this spooky special. What's so spooky about it, Tom? I hear you ask. Well, it's being released around Halloween and that's about it. But you will get some treats. No tricks on this podcast. Okay, that's enough. This week we are covering active listening. So make sure you don't drift off. We'll start with the results from our LinkedIn poll. If you don't already, make sure you follow No Nonsense Sales on LinkedIn so you can join the conversation. 67% of you think the most important part of active listening is being present. Not something we are traditionally good at as salespeople. We're good at talking, brilliant at that. But how do we focus the mind? How do we listen to our buyer and be truly present? My guest this week was named by Salesforce as one of the top people to follow this year. Laurie Richardson is a sales trainer, author and champion for women in sales. She literally teaches people how to practice active listening. So who better to join me on the show? Laurie's book, She Sells, is about attracting, promoting and retaining great women in B2B sales. So my first question for her was, of course, which is harder? Attracting, promoting, or retaining great women in B2B sales? It's kind of a trick question because I think they're all not hard, um, but they can be hard. Once you learn what to do, it it makes it very simple, um, but it takes extra effort to hire good women in sales roles. And, And part of that is because it takes good effort just to find good salespeople. And I, I believe in using assessment tools to, to help do that because I think that it's very difficult. Salespeople, we, we give our best performance when we're interviewing. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be successful. And just because we're in the industry for a long time doesn't mean we're going to be good. And, you know, women from the research I've seen aren't stronger sellers than men are, although. A lot of people disagree with me, but I would say I base it on core sales competency. So long-winded answer um, to say, if you know what to do, it's not hard. It's just that most people won't make the effort and and go a little bit further in order to secure uh, a woman candidate uh, or to help a, a woman with a career path. You know, women, unlike men, men to a certain extent, but Women want to know what their career path is. We're planners for the most part. We want to know, well, if I take this role, where will I be in a year or two? And, and if, if someone can help with that to say, listen, here's the, here's the very transparent career path that we have. It's not a secret. You know, we don't do something different for the men than we do for the women, like some companies do. And those are all things that are important that we need to factor in. Yeah, I mean, you talked there about um, assessment tools. What do you think are the best assessment tools when you are hiring, for example, women in sales, trying to hire really well? Well, I think that there's only one, and it's the one that we we work with at, at through Scoremore Sales. So if anybody's interested, they can talk to me about it. It's based on 21 core sales competencies, and it's not based on personality. 
You cannot hire good salespeople based on personality or psychology. Um, it, it's based on core skills that you need in selling. So I find that uh, a fascinating topic and it's a great way to just get data about your sales team and find out how if people are coachable or not. Some of those things are critically important for success. And of those core skills, if I had to get you to pick one of the, you know, the most important, which one would you say is the most important core skill for, for all sellers? Yeah, it would be the ones having to do with the, the will to sell because it's just like talent on a sports team. Um, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not motivated and inspired and if you're not going to do whatever it takes to be successful, then, you know, then that's not someone I'd count on. And I'd also put coachability right with that, right next to it. The kind of desire to improve. I think that's a really common theme on this podcast and, and motivation I'm hearing there as well. Right. Because again, demotivation in sales, probably one of the worst, probably one of the worst things. Now, you're a real advocate, of course, for women in sales, but we are still living in a male-dominated sales world. Yes, we are. You know, as as a man, like, you know, and a lot of sellers out there might be listening, what can we do to help fix that? You know, I want to champion it, but what could I actually do? What, what steps can I take to make it better than it is? Yeah, it's funny. I, I do a podcast called Conversations with Women in Sales, and I took that over from a woman named Barbara Giamaco, who passed away in 2020, and we interview women that are in various sales roles. We also interview male allies, and I just posted one uh, with um, a guy named Riley Blaisdell, and he, he's an account executive at, you know, at a company, but he talks on LinkedIn, and he'll champion women, and he'll talk up right now because it's Women in Sales Month in October, you know, for when we're recording this. Um, he's talking up different women every day that are in sales roles. So that's one way you can do it is to, to champion someone, suggest someone for a role. Sometimes a woman will speak up in a meeting and then a man will say the same thing and everybody hears that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's a great idea, Tom. And then if you just say, yeah, you know, I was inspired by what Lori just said. Maybe we could go with her idea. And, you know, and it's, it's following through and not just noticing and not saying, because you guys pick up on these things sometimes, sometimes you don't, but a lot of times you do. And when you do, you can really say, Hey, listen, you know, we don't have any women in leadership. Why is that? You know, why don't we see, you know, so-and-so is doing a really great job. Has anybody ever considered her and, and just speak up in that way? Well, as you as you answered that question, I could almost hear my wife in my head going, yes, Tom, let's make sure that you don't take credit for ideas that women have, right? Because I, I know that I've... Good I've, for her. I think I would like her. I would, you would. Um, so let, let's pivot then and talk a little bit about active listening. Again, often something really associated as a, as a strong point for, for women in general. Um, but, but what does active listening mean to you? Well, there's a lot of ways to look at it. For me, active listening means that I'm, I'm looking at you, I'm looking at the person that I'm talking to, I'm really hearing what they're saying. So instead of what many of us do is we're thinking about the next thing to say or the, you know, the smart answer we can give, 
so that we look good. You know, that that's what most humans do is that we're thinking of ourselves and not really going, oh, Tom, that seems like an important topic to you. How did you choose that? Or, you know, try to, to get more information and use my body language. You know, I'm, I'm actively involved and, and I want to understand. So I'm going to understand. I'm not going to interrupt the other person. I want to look them in the eye and, and try not to judge in that moment, you know, but really listen. I think those are some of the key components. Yeah. I mean, that's a great one. I think that, that kind of not, not judging is a, is a huge one because we do it subconsciously all, all the time, right? We don't even realize. Yeah, that's it, right? So but I think it's about self-awareness. Um, you used the word coachability earlier on in this interview. Do you think that active listening can be learned? Yes, I, I know it can be because I teach it and I've seen the results. So it, it is definitely a skill that can be taught. So tell me about those results then. So what does that look like for people who, who you work with? You know, you teach them kind of active listening. How does that set them up for success? Yeah, I, I tie it hand in hand with talking about empathy because I think empathy goes right along with active listening and communication in general. And so, for example, I, um, I actually gave feedback to a restaurant because they had a server who was male and super nice guy, just had no empathy, you know, not hearing. He's not active listening. He's not hearing. And we had two negative experiences with him, but we've had two other really great experiences with other people at the restaurant. So I thought, you know what, this guy just needs, he needs some support and training on what empathy is and how to listen and bounce something back to a customer. And, and so he is still there. You know, they, they gave him some input. I gave a lot of input for them to pass along and, um, haven't been served by him again, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that if he's still there, he's, you know, he's doing something right. He's, He's, you know, tuning in a little more and not just saying, he would say things like, awesome, you know, like no matter what you said, it was just like, awesome. And so now he's, you know, we talked about actually saying back what someone said. So, you know, this is a concern for you or, and, and in retail and restaurants, I mean, that, that was my background coming up. So it's, it's really easy to have a lot of experience at, at dealing with issues and, challenges and problems and and to really build your empathy muscles there yeah i think um especially new sellers you know if you're enthusiastic so you think that you're maybe saying oh that sounds great or like you said awesome fantastic but that can almost be a bit of a red flag right for for the buyer is this person even really listening um so when when we look at like empathy then is is that about i guess trying to get on the same level as your your buyer or is it understanding their problems like I'm, I'm just thinking of our listeners how can they actively take that kind of empathy mindset and bring it into their sales conversations yeah it's really about putting yourself in their shoes and thinking you know what are their real challenges what are the struggles you know this seller faces and what, what challenges do their customers have and, and that's really empathetic if you can say, okay, forget about me, but what is this person going through? And ask them more questions about it. 
to really learn and understand. It's, it's, it's really trying to, to see what's on the other side and not just what you think might be the case, but really learning and, and, and growing. Like you said, the sales is a learning, growing role, right? Yeah, I, I think that, and again, it loops back, right back into what we were talking about earlier, right? It's about wanting to grow. So it's not about kind of wanting to hit target. It's actually going, well, I want to get better at connecting with with buyers. Uh, I love what you said there about asking questions, because I think that's often as sellers, we can think we're asking too many questions, but so much kind of gold can be found just from digging a little bit deeper right? As we ask those questions and then we talk about impact. And that was something that I learned from a a coach that I've worked with in the past, right? It's about what's the impact for that, you know, for that, for the seller rather than, okay, next question. Yeah. I like to say too, that I never lost a deal by asking too many questions, but I've lost many deals by not asking enough questions. So it's all in how you do it. I think Tom, so it's not an interrogation. (laughs) Because it can feel like that, right? It can feel like, oh, I'm being, I'm being kind of fired questions at here, especially on a discovery call. What would your advice be to um, to make discovery calls less like interrogations? Are there any any top tips? I, I like actually saying that to someone if they're if they're firing off all these questions. I'll say, is this an interrogation? <laughs> am I am I in trouble? <laughs> Did I do something? But, you know, make, lighten it up a little bit. I think that that's, that's always been my style is to, if you can't have fun and enjoy what you do, if you have a sales role and you hate it, I mean, don't do it. Do something else. I, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of seeing people in sales because it's a, a game changer from, you know, got me out of poverty when I was in my 20s and a single mom and it, it's helped so many people. But if you don't like it, don't do it. You know, or find find a company or products that you admire, or things that you'd be proud to represent, and do that because it's it's no fun. It's it's hard enough when you have things that you're proud of and that you love selling, people that you love working for. But if you have this ridiculous, you know, leader that you report to that makes your life hell, I, I just think life's too short. I really do. Well, you are saying all the right things because coming from someone who uh, has worked places in the past where you've you've not loved what you've sold, right? I think back to my days selling gas and electricity and coming home with a headache and saying to my missus, I can't do this anymore. Um, and then finally finding a place where actually, yeah, I'm really proud of our products and service. And that, that just helped my life so much, so much. So I agree with that. I think that's fantastic. And what a nice way to kind of wrap up the show right hate something change something i think that's uh, i think that's great but we need to end unfortunately for the listeners with this with a sing song and you've you've brought in a song for me to cover with my uh, acapella um vocals do you want to share the song and the reason you brought it in yeah it's uh it's it's been around a bit uh kelly clarkson stronger because I just, I just think that's one of those tunes. It's a great walk-on tune if, if I'm speaking, and it's just, it just fires you up. You could do cold calling to this for sure.
What doesn't kill you makes a fighter Footsteps even lighter Doesn't mean I'm over Cause you're gone What doesn't kill you makes you Stronger, stronger Just me, myself and I What doesn't kill you makes you stronger Stand a little taller Kelly Clarkson there on No Nonsense Sales Not the easiest song to sing when you don't have the range But hopefully did Kelly and Laurie proud <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode Make sure that you subscribe on your podcast player of choice and if you'd like to hear that track sang well head over to spotify right now because we've just added it to the no nonsense sales playlist thank you so much for listening and we'll see you hopefully next week